When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Welcome to the Montana State Athletics Bobcat Insider Podcast. This is your home for all things Montana State Athletics. The Bobcat Insider Podcast is back for another preview. I'm your host, Zach Mackey, and this week, the Bobcats go back of the road to the Midwest to take on Western Illinois. After last year's thrilling 26-23 victory over the Leathernecks at home to open up the season, the Bobcats are 3-0 all-time versus Western Illinois. However, Western Illinois has been good at home. They are 32-4 at home against non-conference opponents and have won their last 12 straight, including beating two top 25 teams a season ago in Montana and Northern Iowa. Their offense will be different from last year as they lost four-year starting quarterback Sean McGuire. Their new signal caller, Colin Sampson, has a big arm and can connect down the field as a pocket passer. He was sacked seven times against Colorado State but still managed to throw for a touchdown And the main focus for the Western Illinois coaching staff is to get their athletes into space. Fly sweep and jet sweep are the bread and butter of this running game. On the defensive side of the ball, they struggle to have an answer for Colorado State in the first half, allowing 28 points but holding the Rams to just a touchdown and a field goal in the second half. Tom Renfeld is the middle linebacker and their senior captain. He leads the team with 15 tackles and through two games also has three tackles for loss. Here's some of the audio from Coach Jeff Cho earlier this week when he met with local media during his weekly press conference. About that SEMO game being a statement game, to me the real statement's going to be made by how we prepare and play this week. Uh, We've not been the best road team during my tenure. Uh, We played some very challenging opponents on the road, but that's no excuse. But uh, this is the game I think that's going to define who we are as a team. How we prepare, how we play, the type of mindset that we take into this is very critical. And uh, I think Coach Elliott has done, uh, has done a really good job there going into his second year. Uh, they had a tough loss on the road to North Alabama. And uh, they walked into a little bit of a buzzsaw in the first half against Colorado State last week. But you watch these kids compete and play at the end of that game, and I was very impressed. There's no doubt that the culture's where it needs to be there. 
They have some talented players. I like their quarterback. I think he's actually he's not as mobile as the guy they had last year. Doesn't have as much experience, perhaps, but he's very accurate and he can make all the throws. Six foot three, two hundred fifteen pounds. Kind of a more of a conventional pocket passer, but he can make all the throws. They've got some weapons. Uh, I think that, you know I think Coach Elliott is a pretty sharp offensive mind. I mean I think he does some things that really present challenges to the defense. They're always going to stretch you and test you on the perimeter with the fly sweep game. That's a big part of what they do. Um, number one, that Tony Tate, he's a good player. He's a threat in the return game, and uh, they're going to get him the ball. He's going to have his touches, whether it's handing him the ball on fly sweep, dialing up shots for him in the pass game. I think very much they have a DNA in terms of their run game. They use a lot of tight ends, a lot of formations. They have great tempo in and out of the huddle, and uh, they'll run some unbalanced sets. But they also are very unique in that, that they don't necessarily – they're a little bit more of a game plan outfit when it comes to the pass game. And so they're going to identify the weaknesses that you have in your coverages, and they're going to attack them. The other guy that's going to get his, uh, his touches is 25. Really good football player. Um, you know, the, um, he's not their primary tailback. 21's their primary tailback. But they will put 25 in there. They'll run slip screens with him. They'll motion him out of the backfield and get him the ball. Um, you know, they'll run some slide boot, get him in, in space, and, uh, and even some fly sweep with him. I mean, he's a guy that, again, you can tell they're designing their game plan around making sure that, that they get their touches to those two individuals in particular. Their D-line is the strength of their defense. Excellent defensive line. They're well-coached. Uh, big physical group. They lost a great player a year, a year ago that was one of the FCS players that was drafted. Uh, I don't see a lot of drop-off on that unit, however. I think that's a very good unit. At linebacker, it's a lot of newer players. They, they lost some veteran guys there. And in the secondary, they've got some transfers as well. And so um, I like their scheme on defense. I think they're sound. They'll attack you. They'll attack your protections. They're going to try to take away what you do well. And uh, I think they have talent. I mean, I think this is a scary team because, you know, they've had to go on the road and play in some tough environments the last two weeks. And now they're at home for the first time that they get an opportunity to be at home. And, uh, and so we're going to have to have our best. And so that, with that being said, uh, um, one thing I do want to add, actually two things I want to add. Number one, um, I was really, it was really awesome to be able to honor two great Bobcats prior to our game on Saturday. Uh, I think it meant a lot to them and it meant a lot to our players. You know, um, having Coach Holland back, that's, uh, that's, that's always a special time. And, and so I think it was the, the ovation before. That might have been the loudest the whole stadium got on, uh, besides maybe a couple third downs on Saturday and uh, very deserving of that. And then also Daryl Dupuy who uh, was, had a great career here and hadn't come back in a long time for, uh, to take a bow. And so I, I think it's going to be neat to, to honor some of those guys before games. Team mindset coming off of a, a win like that over, over CMO. And you mentioned how important it is to kind of respond and, and keep it going. But, you know, what's kind of the mindset coming off that way? I think we've been a very business-like outfit for a while. I think our fall camp was very much like that. I also think that, you know, we had an experience last year where we played a ranked team that was a playoff team the year before, had an emotional victory at home, and we played extremely poorly the next week on the road at South Dakota State. And uh, that's one of the things that we talked about yesterday, and I think it's definitely in our guys' mind that you know, we got to be on a different mission. You know, we get nothing this week for what happened on Saturday night, nothing. And we're, we're going to play a really good opponent who's going to be challenging to, to compete against, and uh, we need our best. Say about the um, the way that the front seven performed um, on Saturday and what the potential is for that unit going forward. Yeah, well, obviously pleased. To, we had a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and we're going to need that again this week. Um, 
you know, I think that Bobby's done a nice job of solidifying us at the linebacker position. We've got a, a decent rotation. We're still playing a lot of guys there, but I thought Callahan Riley had a really good game. Uh, Nolan's continuing to improve in, in that area. Michael Jobman is playing more physical, I think more confident. And so the, the linebacker piece is, is better for us. And so that just enhances what we're doing up front. Uh, I know that uh, the, the DBs are happy when we, we can get after the quarterback the way we did on Saturday night. And so that's, uh, I think there is a good high ceiling for that group. And I think they continue to push each other. Uh, there's a kind of a never satisfied attitude about that group in particular. And, uh, you know, we've got leaders like Derek Marks, who's one of your best players, who's also one of the hardest workers on your team. That just elevates the performance of everybody in that unit. This has been a little bit of a defensive line factory through the years. Is, is that something you and the unit might be aware of and, and just trying to keep that standard going? We are who we are. I mean, we've, we've spent a lot of time, energy, effort, and resources to make sure that we're good on both sides of the line of scrimmage here. And, uh, you know, yeah, there's been some great defensive linemen here. But I think there's some pretty good ones right here now. With uh, Logan Jones, just kind of, was he at offensively just kind of in the role that he has, maybe a little bit of a change of pace back and, and just kind of doing some of those? Logan's been super productive for us. I mean, he only played in four games last year, and, and he scored a touchdown in each one of those games and had impactful moments. And so I was really pleased to see him uh, kind of have a little bit of a breakout. But he's a weapon. He's a great kickoff return guy. Um, he, he showed his speed, which is something I think maybe not everybody's really familiar with. He's one of our fastest players. Very, very you know, compact, dynamic runner. Uh, I think he's gotten better running our gap schemes in our inside zone. And uh, is, I, don't, I think it would be an insult to him to say he's just a change of pace guy. I think he's a feature guy. He's a playmaker that, that needs touches in our offense. And so one of the challenges that we face a little bit on offense is how do we get all these guys involved, and especially when you're changing quarterbacks. You know, you're in the flow, and then you say, hey, we're going to put Troy in on this down, or we're going to put Travis in on this down, and Casey's up. Um, and that's, a, that's one of the things that we're working through, is how can we you know, continue to maintain good tempo, good flow within the offense while we're moving the pieces around. And, and, and you see that a little bit with, uh, you know, with Isaiah at running back, with Logan at running back, with Logan on fly sweep. And uh, I think that's going to make us really difficult to defend, but we can't do it at the expense of us not executing it at a high level. And so that... I think some of the lulls that we had on offense on Saturday was a little bit of a result of that, just that our flow wasn't what it needed to be. And that's a, that's a huge challenge because what we're doing isn't easy. You know, most people just line up with one guy behind center and they roll. And, uh, you know, we're trying to maximize our guys and get creative in what we do to make, the, make it easy for us and difficult for the opponent. And that's still a work in progress, I think. What do you think this trip will be like for Coach Frazier? Do you think he'll have a little extra juice this week going back? I think it's always – I mean, I've done this a number of times. Um, I was probably a little older than him when I went back to a couple places. But, uh, you know, I think, yeah, you, there's familiarity. You know, you, you create friendships. That's what – I mean, we spend so much time together as coaches, it's, it's crazy. And so you can't help but form friendships. I'm sure he's got some guys that he's close to on that staff and probably recruited some of the players. And so, you know, you'll have those handshakes and those hugs before and after the games. But, hey, time the whistle blows and they tee the ball up, it's, it's our job. That's what we do. Brian uh, Armstrong said that you know he, ideally he would like to have you know five offensive guys, offensive linemen roll for, for a whole game. Um, you know, do you, do you see that you know happening in the, in the future, or you know what is, what is your kind of thought about kind of the rotation as it is? Yeah, I mean, last year we ended up rolling six guys most of the tail end of the season. When guys are, I think it's a, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you really do want those guys to play five as one. 
and uh, they've got to almost be able to finish their own each other's sentences type of thing. You know, know exactly how they're going to respond when a guy moves a certain way. And we haven't quite gotten to that yet. Um, but I think there's, I think we're working towards that. The good news is we've got guys that are competing with each other, and so it's hard to not play some of those guys because they're they're producing well in practice and showing good things on tape. Um, we're going to need them all, like I always say. I mean, it's a long season, and we just got to do a great job of keeping guys fresh. And when the opportunity presents it to play guys, we've got to play them because, again, that game experience is going to be invaluable for them as we go down the stretch. And just kind of how good of an offensive line coach is Brian now that he's working with that position? Yeah, I think that's kind of who he's been. I mean, he, you know, when, when he became the play caller, we took some of that responsibility off him because it's a large group. It's a very technical position. It takes a lot of time to prepare that group. And so um, – but he, I mean, the guy's a football junkie. He watches more drill tape and clinics tape. And I mean, the guy absolutely eats, breathes, and sleeps football. And so uh, he, he'll have those guys ready. And one of the things I really think Brian is excellent at, he is a great in-game adjustment run game guy. I mean, he can see how the defense is trying to attack us. And he's always been able, even when we didn't really have a passing threat at quarterback and teams were going to load the box, we've always found a way to, to find some run game. Um, and that's one of the reasons why sometimes it happens in the second half. They're going to go in and they're going to try to take away what, what they think we're going to do well, and then we've got to be able to alter things a little bit. And he's always done a really nice job of getting us into some run game schemes that were going to be effective no matter how teams were trying to defend us. Is this going to be a difficult trip to manage kind of logistically just with McComb being a little bit of a tough place to get to? Yeah. Things like that. That's why we got Cole Moore. You know, old Jason Bourne will make sure everything's ready to go. So, um yeah, we're fortunate. We have, I think, the best ops guy in the business, man. I mean, this guy's unbelievable, and he can he's a multitasker. He can keep a lot of things in the air. And uh, both he and Sam Holt, our, our operations team, will have their hands full this week because we're landing in Moline, and then we're staying somewhere else, and then we're driving to the venue and then going back to Moline to fly out. So uh, it's kind of a triangle. I was trying to explain it to our captains yesterday, and they were like, this is – what are we doing, you know? And uh, – but we've kind of done our research, and most of the people, North Dakota State, Montana, some of the teams that have played there, um, and uh, they, that's what they kind of felt like was the best when they've tried different things. And so we're just, you know, we got to roll with the punches, man. It is what it is. I mean, if the bus gets a flat tire, we're not going to not play. Load everybody on one bus and let's go. And so we've got to be able to respond the right way. And, um, you know, it's not an easy trip. We know that. But that shouldn't affect our pre preparation at all. And how about just the, uh, the atmosphere You know, I think that I think it's their home opener, mm -hmm. and so those guys have been on the road for two weeks and schools in session. I think it'll be a good environment. You know, I do. I think that uh, they'll be excited to get an opportunity to come out and support their team, and um, that community is centered around the university. It's a college town, and so I think it'll be a I think it'll be a good environment. And uh, you know, we've played in all kinds of different environments, and so yeah, you know, we always have to bring our own energy, but uh, sometimes that can be a, a little challenging. But I, I anticipate that you know, being a home opener, I think there'll be a good crowd. The Leathernecks head coach Jared Elliott is in his second season leading Western Illinois after spending two seasons before that as their offensive coordinator. Here's what Coach Elliott had to say on his weekly Coach's Radio Show. Well, you know, again, I, the, the biggest takeaway uh, take for us as a team is, um, you know, you, you always got to go out there and you got you to spill your guts on the field and you got to play with relentless effort. Our guys did that. And, um, you know, when you go back and you look at it, we had plenty of opportunities in that game to, to, to either tie a game, uh, to, to respond, to take a lead. And, um, you know, so we, I, I think at the end of the day, it all, it all comes down to uh, guys trusting what they're, what, they're, what they're told to do and, and just, just playing with, with great discipline, great technique and fundamentals. 
um, and, uh, and and playing together and trusting that the man next to you is going to do his job. And, and that, that's just so much of football. And, and then you know, when you get that um, element of, of unity within your, your not only your offense, your defense, your special teams, it carries over to, uh, you, together. You start complimenting each other. And that's just where we got to get to. And, and, uh, and we will. We're, we're going to continue to build there. Um, you know, we already had some really good meetings after this game. I felt like, you know, a meeting is just like a practice if you do it the right way. And, uh, and our guys approach it that way. And, um, and we got a bunch of guys that are very eager and hunger and, and urgent to get things corrected and, and, uh, and to improve. And so uh, we'll, we'll get back to work tomorrow. We're excited about the opportunity here ahead of us. Great, another great challenge. Every, every week is going to be a tremendous challenge for, the, for our team. And, and, um, and so we're, we're looking forward to that opportunity. I think you always learn from, from playing an opponent. And, uh, you know, when we went into this game, you know, we, we knew the team that we were going to play even last year. Uh, you know, Montana State plays with, with a brand that, that we try to pride ourselves in playing here. They're tough. They're physical. They play very hard. They're good on special teams. They're, they're coached well. They're sound. Uh, very disciplined and detailed. So we knew that going in, and then playing them last year kind of kind of re reaffirmed that for for us. So so we, we've got a tremendous amount of respect for for Montana State, storied program, a lot of tradition there. They play with a lot of pride, and uh, and, and always a team that's you know right, is a playoff caliber football team. And so it's going to be no different this year. Uh, tremendous challenge and a great test. Uh, it's it's like playing a great Missouri Valley team. Uh, you know, ranked tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and whatever poll you look at. Uh, so, but but that's what college football is all about. I, I can tell you this: our our players, our staff, our entire program, we're very excited to be home, to be in Hanson, and um, play in front of our home um, crowd and on on our home turf. Uh, there's just no no better setting in football than you know Saturday afternoon at three o'clock there in Hanson. So we're really we're really excited about it and looking forward to uh, a great challenge. And the Bobcats, a team that won a playoff game last year, winning and beat Incarnate Word pretty handily. They had a good season, finished 17th, uh, ranked in there. Um, when you look at this Montana State team, uh, any differences from last year uh, when it comes to how they kind of set up offensively and then defensively? No, very. You know, they they're they're, they're a team that does what they do, which which I think good programs do, and uh, you know they uh, they do it well, and they try to do what they do better than other people. And uh, you know, when you look at them defensively. Um, offensively, special teams—they they returned 17 starters. Uh, they you know they they've got uh, Troy Anderson, uh, who's kind of their um, their their go-to guy. He's going to play uh, both sides of the football, which is very unique at the Division yeah. One level. Uh, they they utilize him at receiver, running back, uh, quarterback, linebacker. Uh, he's going to play special teams, and he's you can just tell how he plays. He's a special player. He's he's an inspirational leader for him. But uh, you know they they are a a, a team that. Uh, is, is going to play with a rough, you know, rugged type approach, and and, uh, and they play the game the way it's supposed to be played, very physical, and so, um, you know, we're going to have to play our brand of football, and uh, and again, so it should be kind of an old-fashioned throwback style of game, which is going to be a lot of fun, and and, uh, and our guys need to, again, we need a great week of preparation. That's already begun. It's already started, and uh, to get ourselves ready to go for Saturday. What would your message be to Leatherneck fans coming out on Saturday at 3 o'clock for the kickoff here for the home opener? Well, you know, obviously we, we want to create the best home atmosphere and environment as we can for our players and, uh, and to make it as uncomfortable as we possibly can for the Bobcats coming in. And, uh, you know, again, I, I, I think uh, our guys, our kids are really excited about being at home, and I, I really mean that. There, there's a comfort level to playing, um, you know, where, you know, on, on Hanson or, you know, just, just sleeping in your own bed at night and going through our, our typical routine. And, um, you know, we, we've had some long trips these first couple weeks, and so uh, that, that gives us a, a, just a comforting, um, you know, feeling to be at home. 
but no, we, we really do. We want, we want people to come out, students and, and the community and alumni to come back and, uh, and to enjoy a great football game because it's really it's going to be a heck of a game for 60 minutes. It will be in the Leathernecks with, with a chance for revenge in, 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 that, in that tight game last year. You guys kind of looking at it like that or just going in there trying, trying to pick up, pick up that first one? You know, our, our focus is to be 1-0 every week. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so, you know, we're, we, we need to go uh, get a win this week. We need to go play well. We need to practice well to do that. We need to prepare the right way. And uh, we, need to, we, need to, uh, we need to go, uh, you know, carry over onto the, um, you know, during the game exactly what we want to in terms of execution. And so um, I anticipate that and, uh, and, and looking forward again for, for our guys to be able to get out there and play against a quality opponent and then play our style of football and do what we do against what they do, and, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Let's take a look at what else is going on to the Big Sky Conference here this weekend. It starts on Saturday, September 14th. We're in week three of the college football season, and really all games going to be played on Saturday this week. At 2 o'clock, it starts up, though. Eastern Washington, the Eagles are taking on Jacksonville State. And then at 2.15, Idaho State has themselves a big foe with 11th-ranked Utah 2.15, Cal Poly's travel to take on Oregon State. And then at 3 o'clock, it's Idaho, the Vandals, taking on Wyoming. Weber State Wildcats travel to take on Nevada at 5 o'clock, while Northern Arizona, the Lumberjacks, welcome in Western New Mexico. At 6.05, it's Stephen F. Austin at Southern Utah. And then at 7 o'clock, a pair of conference teams. Northern Colorado is at Sacramento State. Two teams in the big sky, but they don't play throughout the regular season. This game being dubbed a non-conference game as it stacks up. At 8 o'clock, Lehigh is at UC Davis. And then it starts a couple of teams matching up with top 25 opponents. At 8.15, Portland State is taking on 22nd-ranked Boise State. And at 8.45, Montana, the Grizz have 15th-ranked Oregon as the Ducks are back in the top 25. Big game this week at 2 o'clock Mountain Time. But the pregame starting up at 1 o'clock. It is Montana State at Western Illinois. The Bobcats going on the road for the second time this season. They sit 1-1 one one right now. Western Illinois 0-2 on the season as they have their first home game, and they're looking to be able to get their first win of the 2019 football season. The Montana State volleyball team has spent the last two weeks on the road each weekend and will do so one more time this coming weekend. The difference being that this road trip is just down the road as the Bobcats will play two matches at the University of Montana tournament against UTEP and Cal State University Bakersfield before opening their home schedule against Seattle University next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Here's what head coach Daniel Jones had to say to the media earlier this week. I can't wait, honestly. Um, we were talking about this morning, Cole and I, and uh, we're going from having to play two matches in one day, which if I'm putting my two cents out there for the NCAA, I don't know if they'll ever hear this, but I don't think it's good that we play two matches in a day ever. Um, there is uh, a, a rule proposal to say to increase our play dates from 28 to 32, which would allow us to spread our matches out over more days, which would be, which would be great. Um, so we're excited. We, we play on Friday, play again on Saturday. Um, we'll be home tucked in our own bed Saturday evening, which is a big deal. Um, have Sunday, Monday to prepare for, for Seattle coming to town for the home opener on Tuesday. Um, and then we get a whole week to prepare to play the Grizz at the Grizz. And I think, you know, it's advantageous for us to go to Missoula, play in that arena this coming weekend, and then play there in, in another 10, 12 days following when we get to go over there and play Cat Grizz, um, you know, in the Brawl of the Wild. So I really like, I, I, I've said this several times to you guys, I like our, our non-conference schedule. I really like this tail end of our non-conference schedule because, you know, the intensity of having to play two in a day, like I've said, slows down. 
but it also allows us some decent days in the gym to practice because we've had two days of practice in the last, well, four days of practice in the last three weeks. We've been playing a lot more than we're practicing. And for us to make the adjustments we were talking about earlier, technically and tactically, you, you kind of have to practice. Um, so we get three solid days in our own gym this week. And then the following week, we get a solid week of practice before we hit the Grizz again. So it's, it's going to play out pretty nicely, I think. I hope. No, you're fine. Um, not picking up the wins that you're wanting necessarily. Um, do you still see some type of improvement that you've been really pushing about from, from last season to this season? I mean, it's practically a brand new team. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of younger a lot of younger players. I mean, do you still see some type of improvement with those seniors um, this year? Without a doubt, I think you, when you say it's practically a brand new team, I think the only person still playing the position they played last year, well, there's two of them, it's Rizzo and Kelsey. Everybody else is either in a new position or it's a new player on the court. So yeah, it's very much a brand new team. And, and what we're seeing is, is day-to-day improvement. We had a practice in Loyola on Thursday. Um, yeah, it was on Thursday. And I was all over them about block placement and within half an hour, we had an hour's practice, and within half an hour, they had made an adjustment in terms of how they were setting up the block and where they were reaching to with their hands. I was like, if we can practice at that level on the road when we've got a one-hour practice, come October, November, we could be scary. Scary good. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. We're making improvements daily. And, uh, you know, my excitement and optimism about this group is – Nothing but elevated each day that we get to work with them. So it's the Montana State Bobcats and the Western Illinois Leathernecks who will kick off on Saturday at 2 o'clock with our pregame coverage coming up at 1 o'clock. And you can hear it across the Bobcat Radio Network with our 14 radio affiliates or on the TuneIn Radio app with Jason Alvine, Bill Lamberty filling in this week, and myself. We thank you for subscribing each week, and please let all those Bobcat fans know that there are many ways to be able to listen to our podcast and to subscribe, whether it be on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as on our website, msubobcats.com. We thank you for listening, and until next time, I'm Zach Mackey. You've been listening to the Bobcat Insider. Be sure to stay up to date with all things Montana State Athletics by visiting msubobcats.com and by following the Cats on social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the handle msubobcats. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Bobcat Sports Network.